Hello and welcome to the Bottom Up Skills Podcast. I'm Mike Parsons, I'm the CEO of Qualitance, and we are talking about problem solution fit today. This is all part of our product management series called Unstuck, where we actually dig into the toughest challenges that product managers face. And today we're going to talk about the problem solution fit. Now, um, there is a very, very good way of testing uh, problem solution fit. And uh, before we get to testing it for real, and I'm talking in the best way possible, you're going to need to have got one thing done. And we covered this in an earlier episode where we had the value proposition canvas. And we were using that as a tool to frame the problem and the solution. So if you're not familiar with that, I strongly suggest you jump over there and have your problem solution mapped or said differently, your value proposition canvas. All right. So you've got a world of the customer. You've got a world of your product. You're really convinced that the customer has a problem. You've got a solution, but you want to make sure that they fit together. You may have tested some of these in isolation. You may have used some interviews and surveys to get the big picture together, but you kind of want to test that this all comes together. And I'm going to propose the way that is the most effective, high-fidelity way of validating. And the answer is rapid prototyping. That's right. Rapid prototyping is all about creating some sort of light sketch or model of the full product. But the, the beauty of rapid prototyping is you don't have to build the full product. Because if you think about the spirit of Lean Startup, it's all about build and write as little code as possible. Um, and you don't want to build anything that hasn't been tested. So rapid prototyping is bang on, absolutely bang on. So it's a really powerful way to do that testing and validating I was talking about. So step one here is that you don't want to fall into the trap of building the entire product until you've really tested it, until you're actually experiencing a high degree of confidence in this product. And so rapid prototyping will give you that. So it's all based in you want to build like just enough of a model or a sketch of the product. And the way you know you've got enough is that whether it's a whiteboard or a sketch on some paper or some digital tool like Sketch, Figma, Adobe XD, InVision, that it stimulates sufficient amount of your, your, your senses and it really kind of suggests the product. Now, you know, you might be using paper. I mean, I've seen this work with paper. I've even seen it work with hula hoops. Uh, it's crazy. The point here is that you will be amazed that when you give customers the context of the task or the job to be done, that they will go along with you when you say, okay, I want you to imagine it's 9.30 in the morning and you want to order some groceries. And you have them sitting in a studio um, downtown, but if you give them the context and say you want to order on your phone and you just pass them the prototype on the app, or you ask them to click on the paper and say, imagine this is an app and I want you to click on the sketch. Where would you click? Where would you tap to get going? Now, this really sounds a little bit ridiculous as I say it, but the crazy thing here is it works so well. 
So users only require sometimes as little as 20% of the actual full product of the full stimulus to evoke what we call the direct response. And once they have a direct response, they're using it and it feels like the real thing, feels like is the key key here. That, and then the if they have that, you can judge their ability to complete the task and then you can get some amazing feedback. And the reason the feedback is amazing is this is completely different to focus groups. Focus groups invariably will ask people um I want you to imagine you've got a grocery ordering app. Would you be interested in this, that, or the other? And what happens is, you know, you've got five people in a room with a facilitator and they have to imagine. Well, the quality of that feedback is far less than if you say, okay, I want you to actually conduct the task of ordering the groceries. Because once you see it like that, you get a direct response not an indirect uh, response like a guess or imagination. You actually put them in the situation. And this is so powerful. So you can use a whiteboard, you can use paper, or as I mentioned, there's lots of digital tools. You're trying to avoid building the whole product because you only want to do that once you're really, really confident that the product is the right product and it's worth building. And so many times we see products that get built that were not worth building. In fact, this idea of rapid prototyping is used a lot with design thinkers and folks in Lean Startup. Think about Lean Startup. The guy that wrote the book, Eric Ries, spent five years, $40 million on a failed startup. And that's why he wrote Lean Startup. He was like, I built a product that nobody wanted. They raised $40 million for a product that nobody wanted. And he was like, I want to stop that from happening for other people. So he wrote Lean Startup all around the idea of test and learn in small bite-sized pieces rather than do the big, outrageous, huge investment, big product, no testing, only to realize nobody wants the product. So what, what are the different types of prototyping? Well, you can do a very light diagnostic prototyping. This is almost role play, if you will. So you can do uh, an exercise of um, mystery shopping or you can play it out, a customer support diagnostic solution. This is how you find out the real pains and problems they have in the current alternative um, that they kind of use to get the job done. So that's diagnostic prototyping. Now, before we get to using some light digital prototyping tools, there's another important step you can take, which is you can create moments or journeys that describe your solution. You could have like a journey on a whiteboard or with post-its um, or with posters, you know, so like sort of the, the proposition, if you will. Um, and you can take these moments and validate, would this be fantastic? Would this create sufficient value for you as a user? And this intermediate step is really good because maybe you see that the user journey is made up of five parts, which would really inform, you know, how you might go and build some of the digital prototypes. Now, the key thing with digital prototypes is they're, they're sort of faking the experience. So the trick here is it looks and feels a lot like a finished app, but actually in the back end, there's no database. It's, it's all fake data and it's pretty restricted in what it can do and where you can click. 
but these sort of digital prototypes are great because if you've done the preceding steps in the rapid prototyping, what you've really done is you've created something that looks and feels quite finished and can give, give you a lot of important high quality customer feedback because you really propose to them, I want you to try ordering bananas with our new grocery app. And you would they would be able to click and order those bananas. And then on the basis of this, you can find out, did it get the job done? Is it a, a product that they would pay for? And the biggest test is would they recommend it to a friend? And you can do all of this and no code got written. And that's the beauty because it means it was quick, it's efficient. And let's say you get really positive feedback from this, then you can move to the next step, which is MVP. But we're going to talk about that in the next show. Back to our central question. How do we test problem solution fit? Rapid prototyping is really good because you get much closer to the experience of a product without building the product. That saves you time and money. And that's really good when you're at that problem solution fit stage. Okay, so we've dived into the world of problem solution fit. There's still a lot more to come as we build our product and we tackle some of those tough questions. If you've still got more inspiration and energy, head over to bottomup.io where you can get everything you need to build a great product. Lots of free courses and masterclasses. All right, that's it for the Bottom Up Skills podcast. That's a wrap. 